Hello and welcome to the week two review for the NFL season from first and ten. I'm Ollie. I'm joined here by Miles. How are you doing, Miles? Hello. I'm happy the Patriots won, and that's about it because we were poor still. Lovely. I mean, yeah, it's, it doesn't look much positive, much more positive for the season. No, as well, not at all. Oh well, fingers crossed. Uh, I'm joined with Ash as well. How are you doing, Ash? All right. Yeah. Good. Thanks. Yeah, a bit of a heartbreak for you, wasn't it? But um. You know, oh, hopefully, hopefully Herbert's not too badly hurt. Yeah, that's the main thing. I'd, I'd come away with a loss as long as Herbert can put, he's back with us within a couple of weeks. So as long as that's as long as he's back with us in a couple of weeks, then I don't mind losing away to Kansas City, to be honest. Yeah, fair enough. And Josh, uh, another Patriots fan. So I guess, how are you feeling about them? Yeah, happy to get a win on the board. Obviously, like Miles has mentioned, it was far from promising, but finally in the win column. So, fingers crossed we can push on a little bit now. Lovely stuff. All right, so we'll start with the first game of the week, um, Chargers and Chiefs. It was probably going into the week, the marquee game. Ash, obviously, you had a vested interest in this. How do, how do you see it go down? Yeah, so uh, early morning for me. So, I woke up, watched the game. Um, and to be honest, it was just execution. Um, the Chargers basically they had the game pretty much under wraps, and I would have thought, that, to be honest, they had a very quite a few opportunities to win the game. It was just comes down to the the last bit of execution where the Chiefs the Chiefs are so good as a team. If you don't take their opportunities, they punish you, and that's pretty much what they did against the Chargers. So to be honest, beginning of the third quarter, when we were up by, I think we were up by 10, um, we should have just pushed on and, and carried on the sort of the momentum of the game. But it just it just kind of just twisted on probably one moment, which was obviously that um uh the Mahomes, sorry, the um Justin Herbert um pick. And obviously once that happened, the momentum really switched back. Um, to the Chiefs. Um, but as a game, I thought the Chargers were the better team. I thought that it was just uh, the big key moments really let the Chargers down. There was like missed drop opportunities. To be honest, I did think that the interception was an exception. I don't know how they could reverse that considering we saw other picks like the Dean pick in the uh, Bucks game, how that was called an interception and then they reversed the one for the Chargers. So there was a few things that kind of went against the Chargers. Obviously, we didn't have Keenan Allen. We lost... Corey Lindsley in the middle of the game. So that was a bit of a bit of a killer. Um, but the, the Chiefs were very good at capitalising on opportunities and that's what they proved to do. Um, and they just nicked us at the end. But hopefully, fingers crossed, Justin Herbert's not out for too long and um, he's back. Hopefully, if not for the Jags, hopefully he's back for the next game week four. Yeah, because I was seeing reports that um, he might be back for next week. I mean, surely that's just not worth the risk though, right? Uh, yeah, so uh, what the talk is that he's done um, fractured cartilage in his rib cage. So if you look online, Google, I mean, I've been looking at doctor's reports, seeing what's going on. Um, but hopefully he's, it sounds very painful, but it looks like it can be basically something like where they drain their knee in some respects. They just, they'll basically just pump his chest full of um, painkillers and then let him go out there so it's more of a case of making sure he don't get hit so if that they can script game plan maybe they can get some something like uh like only like three step drops we're not going to hopefully play the big game like seven step drops and 
giving him too much time to get hit. So if you can get the ball out quickly, then he might be all right, especially if Lindsay's back, which they reckon he is. He's got just tender nights in his knee, so they reckon that he'll be back. And if that's the case, then hopefully we've got all the guys back. Maybe Keenan Allen, he's got hamstring, but fingers crossed he might be back as well. So if we can get even the, uh, some of the guys back for Jacksonville, then great. But like you said, it's not worth the risk, I don't think, if they're not maybe 80% fit. So if they're not over 80% fit, I probably wouldn't risk them for Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, the, all these broken bones in the midsection seem to be a non-problem for quarterbacks, really. I, I mean, look, just look at how well Jameis Winston played with his four back fractures. <laughs> um, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure, obviously, Herbert's got a bit more talent than Winston. But um, yeah, you definitely don't want half a player out there on the field. I just got a question for you, Ash. Obviously, if Herbert is not fit for the next game, the rushing department and Eckler, I think, thought it was quite quiet. Um, what's your confidence in that if they've not got their first choice quarterback thrown? Yeah, I think the kind of game script against, say, the Chiefs was kind of it wasn't really Eckler's fault. It's just that Lindsley went down, basically went down at the end of the second half. He wasn't there for the whole of the second half of the game. And then we lost the right tackle. And I think that kind of made the Russian side of it not great for us. So I think that basically, I mean, it's no different with the Chiefs. The charges are very much similar, that the whole offense revolves around Justin Herbert. Eckler gets his catches in and bits, but we're not notoriously a run team. And if I'm honest, because of we've got Michelle, Kelly and Eckler, they're not really between the tackles kind of runners. They're more outside zones and stuff like that. So I would probably say that against Jacksonville, they probably will establish the run a little bit more if they can, but they will always look to, even if they did have Chase Daniel out there, I would still say that they would go still towards the pass because he's still a an okay backup. And especially working with Lombardi before, I think that he'll be more than satisfactory just to get us through the Jacksonville game because I would hope that we could rely on our defence more so for the game. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, he made, he's made throughout his career about what uh, Russell Wilson makes in one season. So he must <laughs> be doing all right. Um, on to the next game, Cardinals at Raiders. I mean, to be fair, I after week one, I had pretty low expectations for both of these teams. But, I mean, to say the least, they put on a show, didn't they, Miles? Yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. The Raiders were up, what, 20 points? And then the Cardinals just came back. A lot of mistakes from the Raiders uh, to throw it away at the end, especially from um, Renfro, fumbled twice in overtime. Um, the last one ended up being the most costly one. But yeah, it was um, really exciting right till the last play where the cars nearly threw it out the back of the end zone for a touchback because the, the defender who was returning it, I saw something like Next Gen Stats said that he was 0.02 seconds away from that being a touchback because he let go of the ball as he was crossing the line to throw it away and celebrate. So really, really, really dramatic from start to finish there. Thought Kyla Murray was insane, especially in that second, late, late on in that second half. Just that, that's that, that's, yeah. Oh my goodness. That was crazy. <laughs> Apparently he ran 84 yards on that two point conversion. <laughs> yes, just zigging back and forth, which is just absolutely ridiculous. 84 yards for what is essentially a what seven-yard play, because I think they got pulled back on that, didn't they? So, yeah, it was just absolutely ridiculous from Kyler. Kept everyone involved. Greg Dortch was really solid. 
you know, filling in for well, they missed Rondell Moore and um, D Hop. So yeah, they but I think the receivers played pretty well. But yeah, I just think the Raiders have got a lot to think about because they're in a really, really tough division and they were up 20 points on a less than impressive Cardinal side and they've just come away with absolutely nothing. Um, you know, Devontae Adams didn't play very well. Um, and yeah, it was just it was just a really weird game. Like it looked like they were in full control, running the ball okay, and then the Cardinals just out of nowhere, Kyler Murray magic, and yeah, it's all over ridiculous really but entertaining one of the best games of the night yeah i remember watching that game live and seeing them get the delay of game on the two-point conversion you just think how is that possible yeah that you've messed up that badly because because i was obviously supporting you know rooting for overtime at that point yeah what else do you want as a neutral and <laughs> um and then he just pulls that out of nowhere and it's just incredible and i saw someone on twitter saying that he runs like a toddler who's stolen his parents phone. yes i saw that as well i can't see that i can't see it now it's uh yeah it's brilliant but you know obviously a brilliant athlete and the stuff that he doesn't feel you just can't deny mm. yeah. that ability um moving on to another really dramatic game dolphins at the ravens um Josh, you were keen to talk about the Dolphins last week. Uh, what about what about this week? Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, two has probably shown what we all expected, really, probably just in one game. I mean, what was it? 460-plus yards, was it, in the end, and six touchdowns. Um, unbelievable. Um, to uh, Tyreek Hill. Waddle, I mean, players that are putting up nearly 200 yards receiving and four touchdowns between them. You'd be concerned if you're not winning the game. I think from Baltimore's perspective, the fact they were so far ahead, similar to what was just mentioned about um, the Vegas Raiders, were the 35-14 up, I think it was, going into the last quarter. You should not be losing that game, mm. especially at home. Um, but yeah, it's one of them that a lot of, I think a lot of focus has been on to a throw into Tyreek Hill, which again was the 11 receptions for 190 yards and two touchdowns. That, that They're numbers that Dolphins fans want to see. But Waddle, again, for me, he played um, outstanding 11 receptions himself, but he's just going to keep quiet, I think, because the focus is going to be on Tyreek as the year goes on. Um, and I think that partnership there is going to be dangerous. And unfortunately, being a Patriots fan, it's not looking good in our division because I think Buffalo may have a little bit of a rival. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be really interesting. I don't think they're going to be near the Bills in terms of record or anything, but it will be very interesting to see when they play each other just how close they are. Because you, cause you could definitely see the Dolphins being a wildcard team, couldn't you? Yes, definitely. And, and I also see, um, even despite his amazing performance, people still trying to pick holes into his game um ash what 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 do you reckon is are you convinced by him now or he's still got something to prove for you yeah i'm not i think there's 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 always been a debate in there where it's do wide receivers make quarterbacks better or do quarterbacks make wide receivers better and i do think that you can very much see that good wide receivers made two are better obviously you saw that in alabama as well but now being in miami he's got Waddle and Tyreek Hill, I mean, you can't ask for better wide receivers really in the league than that, especially for yards after the catch. So if you see 469 yards and see actually where he threw the ball, it's probably only 
200 yards through the air and 200 yards on the ground from them receivers. I'm not saying Tua is a bad player. I'm just saying that stats can be overinflated because he's never really put scores up like this before. I'm just really surprised with Baltimore, to be honest. Like how you give up 28 points in the fourth quarter of being so far ahead. I think mm. they really, really, really miss Dobbins. I think that they can't get this ground game going. Hill, Drake... They're basically relying on Lamar Jackson, and he broke one only one run off in that game. Um, and the rest of the time, they were quite stifled. It was a really bizarre game, to be honest. I don't really know how Baltimore ended up losing that game, giving up 28 in the fourth. Yeah, I, I, it was just an incredible comeback. I mean, obviously, you, you see that first-half performance, you kind of expect that level of play from someone like Lamar Jackson. It was the first time we've really seen this from Tua, and it's really fun to see him actually produce like this obviously you mentioned you know some great additions at receiver but uh hopefully we can see this more often from him because it was great mm-hmm. to watch and if yeah. they can push the bills this season that would be great to see yeah um and yet another close game um one that we had bright at the bottom of our schedule um thinking it was going to be not very interesting the jets at the browns i mean what what on earth is going I guess Garrett Wilson um was finally given the opportunity and he really proved himself, didn't he, Miles? Uh yeah, he, he was like I think he had something like seven targets in the first half or something like that. Like really commanded the football really and then, you know, scored and he had a thirty five percent target share this week, which, you know, when Elijah Moore is on the on the field, that's you know not an easy thing to do. But also like you know, Flacco isn't exactly an elite quarterback. So to have, you know, to have that sort of performance with that quarterback on what is not a particularly great team against what I think is a good D um, is is really, really impressive. And I just think that he's showing why they invested that draft capital in him because, you know, he's clearly a great talent. And I think this might be a, I mean, as a Patriots fan, I'm hoping it's not a turning point for the Jets, but it looks like now he's established himself in the league and he's shown he can play against a pretty good defence. I think we're going to see a lot more from him and looks like a bit of a stud. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing more of him. Just hopefully he just keeps quiet against New England. Yeah, I mean, Garrett Wilson, you know, only a second game. That's incredibly impressive. New scheme, completely new players around him. I mean, that's one hell of a performance. I was, you know, one of those things you're slightly worried uh, after drafting in fantasy and you don't see him right at the top of the depth chart, but um, because, uh, you know, you spend the high pick on him, but luckily he seems to be proving that he is definitely the best receiver on that team. Obviously, Corey Davis um, had a long touchdown, but he doesn't seem to be getting a lot of targets. No. So it does it does it does seem like a very Wilson centered offense going forward, I guess. Is that Wilson the QB or because he might not get his job back the way Flacco's playing? Well, I guess both, doesn't it? Wilson to Wilson. <laughs> um yeah, um I mean Flacco I mean look, I think you can tell you don't have to watch a lot of the Jets to see that he's I mean I mean that's the thing, you say well he's not the guy. But he's just led them to a comeback win over what we saw last week was a decent Browns defense. I mean, yeah, who knows what's going on? Joe Flacco, the Flacco, the uh, stone pony. I... Well, he's a Super Bowl winner, so he's you know he's, he's got it in him. 
Yeah, true. I mean, I think we might be slightly past that now. <laughs> Eli, if Eli Manning came back tomorrow, I'm not sure I'd have much confidence in the Giants winning any games. But um, yes, yeah, as just you know, that Robert Salah said he was keeping receipts, and he seems to have uh, cashed them out to Ash. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, again, that game was so hinged on that final onside kick. Like, obviously, it could have gone any uh, another way, and everyone's talking about the Browns are now two and zero, and they looking all right. But that onside kick was uh, it's so Browns to just let that game just completely slip out of their hands <laughs> with such a small amount of time left to play. I still, it's it's kind of very similar to the Baltimore thing. Is like when you're watching these games over the weekend, you're you're just sat there and thinking. How can Cleveland lose this game? How did they lose that game right at the death, giving away that touchdown and then that onside kick and then that other touchdown? It was just crazy. But that's the NFL for you. That's the NFL. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, another pretty crazy game in the NFL. I mean, considering where the two teams are at, I guess it wasn't the most exciting game of all, but it came down to a last-minute field goal for the Giants. Um just about got past the Panthers. I mean, it was it certainly felt less convincing or at least less optimistic than the win against the Titans. Uh, Josh, do you reckon I've got any reason to be more optimistic after week two? No, I, um, I've got quite a close friend who's a Giants fan. I like to give him quite a lot of uh, stick in recent seasons. But <laughs> from what we've seen in the first two weeks, whether obviously... The fact it was against Baker Mayfield in week two, who's just so under-impressive yet again. Um, because from what I saw, obviously, again, I was watching it through red zone, so I only saw the key moments, but a lot of Jones's throws were way off target or some risky risky throws. But obviously, there's a lot of positivity in there as well, that the fact he's got his team a victory. So Saquon Barkley was very quiet until probably the fourth quarter when he trips probably another 50 yards on, but I think that was the push to up the field that got you the field goal. So, yeah, I think you've got some winnable games coming up as well, so there's no reason why it shouldn't be. I mean, that is the thing. I did look at the schedule today and I, I was I was trying to be realistic, but I did come out with 10-7 and 7 as the record. I know it's very early and I need to try and keep a lid on this over-optimism that I'm getting, but it's, you know... I think we've got the Lions, the Jaguars and the Bears all coming up recently, all coming up soon. And obviously the Cowboys with Cooper Rush, I mean, potentially two wins there. And you look at the play calling uh, in the clutch situations against the Panthers. It, it was very good, even though, you know, if, if we are going to have that kind of record and genuinely, genuinely contend for a playoff spot, should probably be beating the Panthers by a bit more. But at the same time, when it comes down to those clutch moments and you're making the right calls that winning the game, both defensively and offensively, there were a couple of calls I really liked from Martindale on defense. And they and that's the thing, is like the defense doesn't really have the talent necessarily, but he's coaching around it and they're winning first two games at least. I mean, Ash, is that am I getting too optimistic or is there actually something there? I think you're getting way optimistic, mate. Sorry. <laughs> I think I think that was two bad teams playing each other this weekend. Um, I just think you've got the better coaches, basically. That's what won you the game. I don't think it was anything to do with the play on the field. I think 
both have got very good running backs, but they're very one-dimensional with, as in both of these offences run through Barkley and one runs through McCaffrey. There's not really any more weapons that Carolina are using at the moment. They're wasting DJ Moore and the Giants haven't got any wide receivers really that kind of strike fear in your heart. So they're both running, they're both basically running their offences through their running backs because their quarterbacks aren't amazing. They're they're sort of game sort of game managers, really, to be honest. And I think that they they make they can make bad decisions sometimes. But I think the New York Giants, the one thing that they have got right this off season is they've got coaches in that can coach, and they that is a very very hard thing to find in the NFL. I think that having that as a stepping stone is far more important than the players on the field. So I think that if that's the case, going into the next draft, you add some good additions with Thomas and a few other players. Your defense is looking good. It's, it's young, but it's it's looking good. So there is positives there, but I'd, I'd still say you're a couple of seasons away from being the, the New York Giants of old where you were you were fighting for playoffs and Super Bowl. So I think you're a few seasons off that yet. But at the moment, I think it's just two bad teams playing football. And, and if I'm honest, it would not surprise me if Matt Rule was the first coach gone. I think mm-hmm. he is they're, they're, he's having a tough time of it. And they're just not looking very good, Carolina, with how they're looking at the moment. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if... Maybe another six or seven games into the season, you see Matt Rule gone, someone else takes over. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you mentioned the coaching there, and that's probably the main reason why I'm so optimistic is the yeah. play calling is so much better than I've seen it in ages. Yeah. And we've had talent on both sides of the ball, even throughout these awful years. And obviously the record is still 5-11 and 11 or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's... Uh, it's not been a good few years, even with that talent. And now the play calling is finally there. I think with a wide receiver, the main questions are obviously one day Robinson currently out injured the second round draft pick and Kadarius Tony currently has an ankle issue and he's not quite playing um, as much as you would expect him to. He had quite a lot of red tape around that ankle in the game as well. Hopefully he's back to full fitness relatively soon because he's also an incredible player. And it yeah. it feels like I've been saying this for the entire time that I've been a Giants fan. But once we get the receivers on the field, I'm sure we'll be good. Um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, to be honest. Say if you, even if you're five and five and the, the East isn't, they're not doing that well. Like Reds, um, Commanders aren't playing well, Cowboys aren't playing well. And you're in the mix. It would not surprise me at all if you bring Beckham back. Well, that's the thing is like we've got to build on this and get off to a good start because we don't play the Eagles until late in the season. Both games mm-hmm. we play them. One of the games is the last game of the season, and the other one is relatively close to the end. So we need to sort of build up a lead before we actually play the <laughs> yeah. competition in the division. Um, moving on to the Texans at the Broncos, I mean. Uh. One of the more interesting <laughs> games of the week, um, if even if not for the play on the field, Miles, you oh. seem to be pretty oh. passionate about it. That was that from the Broncos was a coaching disaster class. I it honestly was just it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. I just there there was so much wrong with that game, and I it's just it almost looked like they wanted to lose. I think, and then and, and they didn't. And you had the you had the crowd counting down the play clock and stuff like that because they were just getting everything wrong, and it was just a complete mess. And I think it almost speaks to how bad the Texans are because 
that Broncos team, I think I have wildly overestimated them going into the season because the personnel are there. They've got the players, but that coaching is some of the worst coaching and play calling I've ever seen in my entire life. I just, I couldn't believe some of the things that were happening on the, on the field. And it was just like, just really, really simple things like clock management and stuff like that. We're just getting it all wrong. And yeah, I just, I just can't really like, I, I said, start of the season, the reason Denver wouldn't be competitive in their division is because everyone else is amazing and they're just good. But, that's not the case. They're they're really poor. They look really poor, and I don't really know how they fix this without changing the coach because it doesn't look like things are going to click. Because Russ is not Russ isn't doing much, and now you've got an injury to Judy, and it just it all looks like a bit of a mess. And they're not even using Javonte properly. Like he's someone that should be a bell cow. He he's someone that they can just work and work and work and gain a lot of yards, a lot of first downs, and they're not really doing it. So I just yeah, I think Denver's a, a huge mess at the moment, and I'm disappointed and surprised. But you know, I guess you got first time head coach, first time OC and DC. But it's yeah, that was a complete mess. And I think if the Texans weren't so poor on another day, they would have they would have beat them quite easily because. You know, we've seen Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks can play. Damian Pierce was running the ball quite well for a bit. I think if the Texans had put together a couple of nicer drives, that could have been a completely different game. Yeah, I mean, it's one, you can imagine a much worse start for a debut head coach and quarterback than being booed off the field, yeah. having the play clock, play clock counted down. I mean, I... I, I even through the Pat Sherman Joe Judge years, I've never seen anything this bad. <laughs> they were, you know, they were at least given full seasons. Like this is first game right off the start. You just, but it, honestly, it was a worse reception than they got in Seattle. Like what's? Yeah, it was, it was just horrible. But um, yeah, I do, I do definitely agree with you. The play calling and also just the game management from what we've seen from the Broncos head coach doesn't seem great so far. I mean, I, I understand, you know, he had a great relationship with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and that sort of seems to be what's gotten him the job. But is do you, do you really get that much credit for being an offensive guy in Matt LaFleur's system, Josh? Is that really worthy of a head coaching job? Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? I know we're, we're looking at two games, and I remember reading earlier this morning that Miles was talking about basics and we can look at the coaches and all things like that, but they were flagged 13 times again yesterday for 100 yards and there was 12 in week one. That's 25 penalties on the year already. That, that's big numbers. Um, and then Wilson only completing, I think it was, I think I read six or seven out of his first 20, 21 throws. It's, we're always looking at the head coach as you do in any sport. Um, but I think we've got to we've got to be looking on the field as well rather than pointing on the sideline. And also, uh, just the next episode in the Russell Wilson saga. Um, I don't know if you've you seen how he tried to spin this as the fans were trying to help him by counting down the play clock. Um, <laughs> I have not seen that. That's yeah, he he's actually said, he actually came out and said it was very helpful. I've seen them do it in the NBA. Um, so clearly, they were just trying to help. I don't understand. He, he must not be living on planet earth like that 
no one's buying. Surely he realizes no one's buying that. He's a veteran quarterback. He's you know he's won a Super Bowl. He knows that he he knows where the play clock is on the field. He knows how to to you know guide a team. I don't know what like it's. I, I, yeah, I'm honestly just completely dumbfounded. But yeah, and he actually was at fault for uh, quite a bit of that because. There was a there was that shot of Javonte Williams just wide open in the end zone, no one near him, and Russ just doesn't throw it to him, and it's like, yeah, just some really poor decision making across the board. But yeah, really quite worried about Denver this season. I mean, not that I care about them, but it's still worrying. Yeah, I mean, th- I guess it must just be a mentality of if you don't believe anything's going wrong, then it must not be going wrong. <laughs> that that can be the only thought of thinking there, surely. But um, moving on to the team they played last week, the Seahawks, um, got battered by the Niners, really. Um, Ash, the Seahawks, you know, looked good and looked all right against the Broncos and then got pretty well beaten by a Niners team that had to put Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo back in. So, I mean, surely that's just even worse for the Broncos and Seahawks probably where they should be. Yeah, I mean, well, we were talking about this the other day to someone I knew about um, if Trey, I know Trey Lance is injured now, so that's that's obviously it's not his fault, but we were talking about was it a wise idea for San Francisco to re-sign Garoppolo because it might cause this storm in the dressing room if Lance doesn't play well, then the rest of the locker room are looking at Garoppolo saying, well, we're a pretty good team and Garoppolo can take us a lot further than Lance can. And if I'm honest, I think that might actually be the case. I think Lance still looks like he had some teething issues. Um, and I think San Francisco looked better balanced, even though Garoppolo won't win you games. I think that he doesn't really give the game away, though, which sometimes you could look, maybe Lance might have done that. So their defence stepped up massively this weekend. They were very, very disappointing against Chicago. They stepped up big time. The offense didn't really have to do much because the defense played so well and Seattle just completely got shut out. I mean, there was nothing on the ground. Four carries for 10 for Walker, six for 15 for Penny. And other than Lockett putting in a few yards, they looked pretty average, the Seahawks. Um, So, yeah, I think that win against Denver was maybe because Denver was so bad, um, more so than with Seattle all right. But I think that they're going to struggle in that um, in that division, especially with the Rams and Arizona and the firepower that they've got. So it's going to be one of them seasons for Seattle. I think it's just going to be one of, one of them ones where you, you've obviously lost Wilson now. You build off of that, get some draft picks in, and um, hopefully rebuild your team in a in a new, better way. Yeah, I mean, quite a few people had the Niners making the Super Bowl at the start of the season. Um Josh, does adding Jimmy Garoppolo back in make you fancy them more or less? Um, probably about level par, to be fair, because I think whoever is at quarterback is probably going to still pick out the same weapons. Um, I mean, yesterday we're looking at Ayuk and Samuel. Again, like we've, um, Ash mentioned, not putting up many numbers on either side, um, Seahawks or 49ers. Um, but I think Obviously, it's very unfortunate for Lance. I mean, what was it, the second drive of the game um, and out for the season? But Garoppolo, bit of experience. I saw his interview saying it was just like riding the bike, going back out there. Whether that's the fact he got a touchdown on his first drive and the confidence was just sky high. Again, we'd look, we're talking about three and a bit quarters of football. Um, so give a couple more games and then we'll see. I think, yeah, they were quite a high um, 
favourite this year out of nowhere, really. Um, but I think we're gonna, probably going to say what we've just mentioned about the Seahawks for a couple of games um, this week and probably as the season goes on, that teams are actually going to be winning games, not for the fact that they're good, but the other team is just poor. I think this is one of them. All right, moving on to the Falcons against the defending Super Bowl champion Rams. I think they probably would have preferred this game in week one, but, uh, you know, it's a decent recovery game after they did get pretty well beaten by the Bills. Ash, what did you take from this one? Yeah, it was a lot closer than I think most people thought it would be. I don't really know how the Rams gave away 17 points, and it was only because of that Jalen Ramsey interception right at the end that it wasn't quite it was embarrassing really for LA in the end. But it looked like they had it under control, and then all of a sudden they did a they did an Atlanta where it was a complete flip where normally Atlanta looked like they got things under control and then they lose massive leads. So yeah, it was it was a strange one this game. You would have thought they were out of sight. They clearly got the better talent, and but. Mario are only 17 completions, two TDs. They're not using pits a lot, which is quite bizarre mm. for me. I think that, and they're struggling with obviously the ground game. There was, I think there was a uh, fumble as well from Los Angeles, give them a short field. So they did take advantage of their key moments, but I don't really know how Atlanta got that close with that 17 points in the fourth. Yeah, I, I remember it was actually 28 to three at one point. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, and obviously uh, Scott Hansen pointing out, you know, you can come back from that score, Falcons fans. <laughs> but, uh, but but you know, when you when you're relying on Marcus Mariota for a last minute drive, it's probably not the most positive circumstances, is it, is it Mars? Uh, no, it's not, and especially as um, as Ash pointed out, they're not using Kyle Pitts, so you've got Marcus Mariota, not a phenomenal QB at least use the weapons that are there, but they're not they're not really doing anything to get pits in the game. They had him I think last week they had him blocking on a, quite a lot of snaps, which I, I I get it, he's a tight end, but he's he's also Kyle Pitts. He's not, you know. So that was um pretty weird from them. But Drake London came up pretty clutch and I think, you know, we can hopefully see a lot more of him because he's I think he was the wide receiver one out of the class for me you know scored a touchdown 86 yards this week so yeah he looks really really good um but yeah it was I think it's almost like a feast or famine situation I don't think Mariota can support two guys like that so it's either going to be Pitts one week or London the other I don't think you're going to see a lot from both of them in the same game Simply because, yeah, I just don't think they've got the quarterback or anything else really around them to to help in that in that way. Yeah, I can imagine just one. Carl uh, Pitts comes into the dressing room this week and says, "Mario, I need the ball more." And then he just <laughs> only throws the pits, and then Drake London gets annoyed and says, "Hey, I need the ball more." And then they just keep on going round and round mm. every week. That should be fun. But yeah, I mean, you know, you see the Chiefs using Travis Kelsey more as a receiver as and having a tight end actually inside of Kelsey where he's yeah. just a receiver. Is um yeah, and obviously the Falcons did it plenty of times last year where they lined Kyle Pitts out wide and you know, I you would think with a talent like that it's hard to get it wrong, but they seem to be managing it. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and sorry, and so moving on to the Bengals at the Cowboys, um, much closer than I think most people expected, certainly myself. Um, unfortunately, the Cowboys don't look that bad with 
Cooper rush at quarterback. Um, Josh, what do, you, what do you see from their offense this week? Yeah, I feel probably a little bit like a broken record every time I speak tonight. But again, we're looking at one game of football. Um, yes, against a very good Bengals team. With, I mean, they were in the Super Bowl last year for a reason. I think what benefited the Cowboys yesterday was getting those early scores, scoring early in the, I think, 14 points in the first quarter and we're in a good two-score lead at half-time. Took the pressure off them a little bit more. If they'd have gone two scores down, you, you could probably have expected the blowout, obviously, without that throwing the ball. Um, they're starting to get some of the weapons in the game. I mean, C.D. Lamb put up some decent numbers, over 70 yards again. Brown with the 90 yards and Pollard getting in the game. Um, for me, I think keeping... Their defensive side, they kept Chase for rather quiet um, and Higgins as well. So they probably won that game on, on the defensive side as well, as obviously their receivers are coming into the game. Yeah, and I guess it's just a case of that offence being just about good enough for the defence to really carry them, right, Ash? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I can't believe that Joe Burrow is getting hit as much as he's getting hit, considering how much money... They spent on that offensive line. He's been sacked 13 times in two games. Mm. That's an obscene amount to have your star quarterback getting hit that much. So they need to really address what the problem is that because that that Bengals team should not be losing games against Cooper Rush. Like I don't care how good Dallas is deep up. Like they contained them, but they that shouldn't be happening. So they really need to address what's happening in Cincinnati. But on Dallas, on the flip side, Dallas, I think it like. What Josh pointed out, I think that going up two scores gave the confidence to say, right, D, let's rely on you now to see this game out. And I think that they just snuck over the line. I think that if that had gone any longer, five minutes or so, I think Cincinnati would have won. Um, but I think they just about done enough to to, to get, a, get that win, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it's one of those where you just... It, they said they fixed the offensive line so many times over the offseason that you really have to call into question the general manager and the whole scouting department, really. Just um, I, whatever they saw in those guys, it's clearly not there yet. Obviously, again, just week two, they will probably gel more and more as the season goes on. But um, yes, not great signs so far. And if Joe Burrow... Um, loses his knee again halfway through the season then it's going to be too soon isn't it yeah they they play a lot of empty backfields as well Cincinnati if you watch them Mixon's they sometimes set Mixon out wide or in the shotgun sometimes but very little and they do that quite a lot probably more than many other teams in the league so they play like three wide receivers in a tight end and they don't have a running back on the field and I think that probably is why maybe Burrow, he doesn't get that protection because I think that past the, the front five, you don't have that guy that if one of your offensive linemen gets beat, you've got a running back or a fullback mm -hmm. there to just help you sort of get that extra second of, of of play away. So maybe they need to start addressing that, maybe start playing a fullback or play not having an empty backfield because I think that's really, really killing Cincinnati at the moment. There was um, actually, there's a clip of Joe Burrow during the game yelling to the sideline saying no empty set, no empty set, because he's clearly sick of getting hit when they're calling an empty set. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, good. especially against a very good defensive line, you just uh, yeah. needs to be some kind of game plan adjustment, surely. Yeah. But um, moving on to Patriots at the Steelers, um, a game that two of my guests here, will, I'm sure, will be very, quite pleased about. Um, Miles, you managed to get a win this week. Um, all problems fixed? Not at all. I think we looked really, really, really poor, but we got over the line, I think, because we actually ran the ball quite well this week, which, you know, I think that seemed to be what we were trying to go for last year and it works to an extent. And I think that's what we're trying to go through. And I think, you know, look, we looked good on the ground and I'm really pleased with that. I like running the ball. I think um, Mac was, I think both quarterbacks were pretty underwhelming. I mean, you don't expect much from Trubisky, but, you know, Mac, I kind of, Sometimes I have high hopes, but a lot of the time I don't. I think Aguilar played really well. I think he got like some like six targets and caught them all. Um, yeah, just wasn't it wasn't pretty, but we won, and I'm going to take a win every day, especially as I just think we need to just. I think because we got off to a really poor start, a win now with a good ground game shows that we're kind of moving in the right direction. We did something right. And we won. Okay, it wasn't a beautiful win, but it's a building block, and hopefully we can push forward. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Josh? Are you uh, a bit more optimistic after that game? No, I think Miles probably hit it on the head. It was still very poor. Um, Pittsburgh again, the poorer team, which encouraged. Harris was a lot better on the on the ground. Um, but I think I still think with the Patriots, the wide receiving well and the tight end, neither tight end. Caught a pass yesterday, um, Smith and Henry, four, four targets with no catches and no yards. Um, and Jacoby Myers still seems to be the go-to man with 13 targets. You've got Aguilar, you've got Myers, you've got Bourne, and then two, oh, God, I even forgot about Parker as well. That's how quiet these, some of these wide receivers have been, that the names on paper, you should be able to be throwing balls to them and catching and gaining some yards. And it's a loaded wide receiving department which we've not really said for a while in New England because there's probably four or five names there you're, you're confident we'll be able to win you a game um, but yeah they're just not seeing as much of the ball does Mac know who his favourite receivers are yet maybe maybe not and it was just one of them weeks um, but we've, I know we've got Baltimore coming up next which is going to be a very tough game um, but if you told me we we're going to take one win one loss on opening two road games then you'd probably take it yeah, I mean, but but you mentioned all the problems in offense. But if there's one guy you have confidence in to think to fix it all, it's obviously Matt Patricia, isn't it? So uh, should all be good for you. <laughs> um, Colts at the Jags next. I mean, probably the upset of the week, I'd say. They, I mean, the only team to be shut out. Uh, this Colts offense. So brought in Matt Ryan. They're supposed to be more consistent this season. I don't understand what's going wrong for the match. Oh, I don't know, to be honest. Like, I think they missed Leonard and D. I think that was one of the key points there. I think that this offensive line's a little bit broken as well. So maybe there's certain points where Matt Ryan's not really Matty Ice anymore. He's getting a bit flustered in the pocket. Um, but they just didn't seem to get anything sort of going. I think Jacksonville just seemed out of sight before they even tried. Um, they were start, They didn't even really move the ball much, really, until Jacksonville would probably 
maybe I think definitely 17 points up, but there was it might have even been more until Indy was starting to move the ball. But I'll be really worried. I mean, they've they've just given Frank Roy a new contract, which I mean, I don't know why they've done that so much, but I can't at the moment. Can you really see them sort of getting rid of him after six games in? I mean, I know you're losing to the Jags, but that's going to be that's pretty boisterous after the Colts going all in really this year about that we're we're in win now, mate. We're going to go get a QB that helps us win it now, and they're still and you're losing. Like you said, you've you've tied with a bad Texans team, and you've lost to a most people's eyes a bad Jacksonville team. So maybe Jacksonville aren't as bad as we think. Maybe yeah. the coaching person is, um, he's, well, he's a lot better than Urban Meyer, put it that way, but it's maybe that's, because if you actually look at their team, then not really loaded with superstars, but they've got good pros. So Robinson's obviously come back from that Achilles and he's been running the ball really well. Etienne's obviously got a good relationship with Lawrence. Their offensive line's not bad. It's not great, but it's really not bad, which in the league, in this league, satisfactory is absolutely fine. And then you've got like Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, Ingram, Kirk. They're not superstars, but they're all guys that you know that aren't really going to really let you down. So I think that maybe we're just underestimating this Jacksonville team and maybe with someone like Josh Allen as well on that defence, they've got kind of uh, one of the superstars in the making to um, push this Jacksonville, not maybe to... I mean, they're in a weak division. So obviously, the South isn't a great division for them to so there is a possibility they could win it just by being all right and the rest of the team suck. But there is obviously that possibility. But I would still say Jacksonville are a little way off but they are very much improved. Yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting. Concern, oh, sorry, you go. I was going to say, I think my concern for the Colts is, is the Jonathan Taylor running back too predictable already? Mm. Um, I mean, he got stuck for 54 yards and they've been shut out now. Is that a trend? I don't know. Um, and they, they've not won, like we said, two very winnable games. And the games that they've got coming up, I think they're in Can They've got Kansas next week, so... And then on to Tennessee, they could quite easily not have a win after four games, which is very concerning. Um, so is the Jonathan Taylor factor a concern after just two weeks? Yes, he had punched over 100 yards last week, but the first week he struggles, they get shut out. So whether that's just a fluke or not, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned they could end up 0-4. I think if they do, Frank Wright's in danger of losing his job there. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned earlier, Ash, uh, Matt Rule being your favourite for the first one to get fired. I think this is Reich's third quarterback, I believe. Um, yeah. And I understand he might not get the final decision on who they bring in each year. But if you can't get it done with third quarterback that you've had there, and also there's, it's, it's not like he won't get any say in who they bring in. You know, He's got to have at least said, yeah, OK, I reckon I can do something with Matt Ryan. And if they carry on like this, then I can't see it lasting for long. Maybe it's a situation like it was last year and they're just a roller coaster team again and they're going to, you know, go on and win the next three or whatever. But um, I just, it's not a great sign off the first two weeks. And to score zero points in an NFL game is pretty much criminal at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so moving on to the Bucks at the Saints. Um, another. I mean, it's kind of surprising, maybe not in terms of result, but in terms of scoreline and play, it certainly wasn't my expecting, Miles. I don't know about you. Well, yeah, I think, well, the Bucs snapped a seven-game losing streak to the Saints in the regular season, so I think we all kind of expected them to struggle, and 
you know, the Saints did look really good at some points, and you know, Olave looked insane at times, unplayable. But yeah, it was a it was a really odd game. But I know I think I think the Bucks are just uh, quite a quite a consistent team. They seem to just you know like against Dallas, they just got the job done. They weren't amazing, but they didn't have to be. But they, you know, they did enough to win, and I think that's sort of a trend that we're probably going to see a lot from them uh, this season. Um, we're, I don't know. I mean, as far as I'm aware, we're still waiting to hear what happens with Mike Evans going into next week because there he's was that. Yeah, he's got suspended. Okay, yeah, because that was that scuffle was. I mean, it was good to watch, but yeah, um, yeah, it was like I don't know if you saw the the what he was um, mouthing. It was like, oh, that's Tom Brady. What do you expect me to do? <laughs> so you know, they're just sticking up for their QB. But yeah, those two Evans and that they hate each other. Yeah. yeah really entertaining but yeah i think i think the bucks if godwin's not back next week which he probably won't be then i think brady still gets it done i still think again they just seem to ease by each week and i think that's just what we're going to see from them this year yeah i mean it's always great to see a real proper rivalry in the nfl and it seems as though the case is Lattimore has found that way of getting under his skin <laughs> Yeah. And Evans just can't, it gets to a point where he can't stand it anymore. He just retaliates. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I guess the whole situation though really started with Tom Brady. So maybe maybe he's the problem. But um, obviously a lot of body language experts saying his heart's not in it anymore. But I'm not really sure if they can tell. His face doesn't really move much anymore. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know I. It'd be interesting to see. Obviously, James Winston didn't have the best game. He had, he did have the serious back injury, as we mentioned, but they, it, it did look a lot like the James of old, just throwing picks left, right, and centre. And obviously, I only saw one of his former teammates after the game um, expressing that, like, when when he was on their team, he threw so many picks that they knew that was a way to get to him and. They full, took full advantage. But um, moving on to the second to last game we've got here, the Commanders at the Lions. It certainly wasn't the headliner going into the week, but it it, it was a decent game, I'd say, wouldn't you, Josh? Yeah, and I, I really do like the look of this Detroit team this year. I think we mentioned it on the season preview that, I, I, to be fair, I think I put uh, Campbell down as my... Uh, Coach of the year is my prediction. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Jared Goff, it's probably nice for him to throw some touchdowns and no picks. Um, and some of the numbers that some of these players are putting up for and St. Brown again with another brace and like 180, nearly 180 yards in total. Swift coming up with the goods. Again, Will Washington, yes, they came back into the game in the last, in the second half, putting up 27 points. But again, like I mentioned with the Cowboys earlier did that confidence of the Lions getting so far ahead and then they saw it over the line eventually. Um, was that the confidence that they needed to get that first win? Um, and then you look at Washington in the rushing department, Gibson probably underperformed. Wentz was the second highest uh, rusher yesterday. <laughs> so does that probably say it all? And then receiving department, pretty pretty average again. Um and the numbers that they probably should be putting up against teams like Detroit, they didn't, and it's cost them a game this week. Yeah, I mean, 
as you mentioned, uh, you, Dan Campbell's a, a genuine contender for coach of the year if the Lions have a really good season. Um, I think a lot of that depends on how these two teams get on, the Bears and the Packers. I feel like the Packers might have had it figured out now, or is this is this just a routine beating of the Bears and they're not going to do much else, Miles? Um, I think... I think Rogers and the whole Packers team understand that they're going to need to be really patient with the the players. They've got quite a young team in front of Rogers at the moment, and especially with those wide receivers, Christian Watson and Romeo Dubes. It's like I I think Aaron Rodgers looked a lot better this week than he did last week. Obviously, I think the ball was set unbelievably low last week, but uh, yeah, I think the Bears ran the ball really well against Green Bay and. I think that's something that Green Bay needs to maybe take a look at because the Bears did almost work their way back into the game. They had that touchdown that was actually, well, it wasn't given as a touchdown. They challenged it and it looked like it crossed the line. But it, yeah, I think Green Bay have a lot of issues still um, on both sides of the ball. But mainly, I think Rogers just needs to be patient with his guys. I think they ran it really well. Um, Aaron Jones was really good last night put up some really good numbers. I don't think the whole 1A, 1A thing with AJ Dillon is a thing anymore. I think um, maybe I'm just reading into it too quickly, but Jones looked a lot better than Dillon did last night. And I think that with the limited resources they have uh, going forward, I just think Jones probably going to be getting a lot, a lot bigger workload than maybe we expected. Yeah. And I saw a lot of missed tackles as well from the Bears this game. I mean, obviously Aaron Jones and A.G. Dillon are very good players, but they were just missing so many tackles. Obviously, you know, and, and there were also certain calls, like obviously the, for some reason, going from the shotgun for what was... Yeah, that was that was a really, the, yeah. It was a very strange play call there. It's like, you know, it's fourth and inches. The t- just because you're in the shotgun formation doesn't think they're going to automatically assume pass. Yeah. Why are you not just going for a standard quarterback sneak there? And then obviously the decision doesn't go their way, which I personally disagreed with. I thought you could see the ball over the line. But at the, at the end of the day, you've got if you re- if you truly believe the referees are against you, then you've got to make do as much as you can to take it out of their hands. Yeah. And they didn't do that. Right. So I believe Josh, you have an update on the prediction standings for us um just that we can uh see how it's going obviously haven't got any results from the two monday night games tonight um but going into those games what are we looking at josh yeah well um i think miles has got some inside information because he's a top scorer joint top scorer again this week after being joint top scorer in week one yay <laughs> there's three three of us that have got nine points so far this week and that's Miles, Ash and myself um, Ollie unfortunately yeah. a bit of a poor week so far with just six um, Dave and Ross with seven but across the board after two weeks there's only six points in it and obviously that was said we've still got two games to go we've probably all predicted the same teams for at least one of them tonight so um, but yeah there's some, there's some good calls that Miles picked Miami so got away with one late there and the Giants as well, a couple of you had, um, which will probably result. Nobody backed the Jets. All of us went for Indy in the end rather than Jackson. I know Dave actually put in brackets a fancy Jacksonville, but I'm going with 
Indy, so he's lost himself a point there. But yeah, <laughs> uh, nice, very exciting. We're, we're all still, uh, it's all still in it. So Miles, you've still got that invisible trophy. Yay. Yeah, I think my pick for the Saints for an upset was uh, probably not well advised given Jameis's injury status. But I, I just, yeah, just one of those things. And then obviously another, the whole string of games that were close and you just end up on the wrong side of them. But, you know, that's how it goes. It's just a bit of fun. And uh, <laughs> I'm not upset at all. Yeah, no, no it don't sound it. <laughs> <laughs> so going into tonight's games, uh, what were we thinking? I mean, obviously, as just mentioned, we're all pretty uh, heavy on the bills. Um, any, any sort of Titan upset expected? No, I think the only way the Titans really grind anything out of this game is if Derek Henry runs the show because if you can get Derek Henry on the ball you get Josh Allen off the ball basically so you clock management keep Henry on the field run the ball a lot run the ball well and that's the only way Tennessee are going to be able to win this game because as soon as you give the give the ball to Josh Allen I can't see this either even though I like this Tennessee D I've got Jeff I've had um, just recently put a bet on actually Jeffrey Simmons as defensive player of the year. Um, he's been one of the guys I've really been pushing. Um, but this is Josh Allen's show at the moment. Everyone's gearing up for this year. Like they're saying he's going to be MVP. So I think it's going to be very, very tough for Tennessee to win in Buffalo. The sort of the way that this Buffalo team are all playing well together as well. So, but the only way they're going to make it close is if they can run the ball. And if they can't run the ball, it's going to be a blowout. Yeah, and Vikings Eagles, sort of the other side of that, pretty much as close on paper as you could expect. I, I for one, was picking the Vikings in the predictions contest and then talking myself into the how the Eagles were going to beat them on the preview show. Um, Miles, have you got any views on how this one's going to go? I can't remember who I picked <laughs> to win this one, but I just I can't seem to make up my mind because I just on one hand the Eagles do look really good. Like, they've got the weapons there. Jalen Hurts can... Okay, he's not the most, uh, you know, effective throw of the ball, but he's still played quite well. He's got the rushing upside, you know. But Minnesota just have that really high-powered team. You know, when you've got Justin Jefferson, it just blows the whole field open. And Dalvin Cook running as well. It's like... It's two teams that I think defensively aren't actually great, although... Minnesota were pretty good defensively against a pretty shocking Green Bay last week, but yeah, it's it's a really tough one to call, and I've just been changing my mind about this all week. But I'm really excited for it. I think it'll be an entertaining game of football. You back the Vikings, Miles? Just let right, know. okay. Yeah, it's, I was the same. I, I backed the Vikings, and then explained on the preview show how I thought the Eagles were going to beat them. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, we're going to be really close. It should be a fun game. I'll probably have to watch it tomorrow at some point um, when I get home from work, unfortunately. But uh, that's just a shame with the schedule. But it's the life of an American football fan in the UK, unfortunately. Yeah. So I think that just about wraps us up for this week. Um, any parting words for us, Ash? Uh, hopefully pray for Justin Herbert that's what I say that's, that's what we hope get him back next week yeah I think we all are I, no one wants to see him off the field for too long uh, Miles what about you 
Um, just pray for the Patriots, really. Um, <laughs> I was going to yeah. say pray for New England myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just we just don't look good, but you know, lo- love them to bits. But yeah, we don't look good. Wishing oh, Trey Lance say, speedy recovery as well. I'm, I'm afraid to say I don't think you're going to be getting many of those prayers. Um, I, th- I think <laughs> the rest of the league is quite happy yeah, to see no. where you are for at least a few years. Yeah, I um, think so. Too. And Josh, you know anything? Other than prayers for this team that's had all the success over the last decade? Yeah, maybe, yeah, prayers, prayers for my team, but maybe negative prayers for the other teams in my division. <laughs> Could do with uh, Tennessee maybe dropping a winning tonight and Miami losing next week as well. So, other than that, I'll be happy. Right, and for me, um, let's go Giants. Come on, just keep, keep up the play calling and... If the players aren't too bad, then we might actually be able to scrape a positive record. Who knows? Uh, uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in a bit.